What's up, everybody? The Questionable for Sunday podcast is back with another episode. As always, I'm joined by the commish. What's going on, Connor? How you doing, Eric? I'm 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 not doing that great. Gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, it's been a tough couple weeks for me personally, as well as my fantasy team. And uh, you know, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. Well, personally, I, hope I don't want to talk about right. it. But uh, you know, fantasy team. Obviously, I don't want to talk about it. Rough. Don't ask me about my team. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it at some point, I'm sure. No, I'm we're sure not. You'll end up talking not. about it. Uh, it wasn't a great week not. for me either, uh, but it was a good week for our special guest, recurring guest, first recurring guest of the season. We got Jordan. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Obviously, uh, I wish I would have been able to pick up the W against you this last week, but uh, your team uh, held on on Monday night. Uh, yeah, for man. The victory. I'm- I'm feeling great. It, it uh, took me a little while to recover from that diss track last week with the uh, Hazari Heat Part 2. But, uh, but it turns out getting that huge win uh, is just what I needed. So where, I'm where, were you, where were you when you heard about that, when you heard that diss track? I'm curious. I was, uh, so that was the, the rare morning release of Questionable for Sunday. So I was uh, just sitting down, getting work started, you know, reading emails and, uh, that uh, that made it a little tougher. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I think uh, yeah. I just so you weren't by chance playing with that 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 whatever you call it. That's that's sweet. What what did, what did Tristan say about your junk? I guess something about I forget what it was. You have to remind me. Uh, porterhouse schmeat. Yeah, believe, porterhouse schmeat. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's that's a great line. I'd be I'd be curious to look uh, since Jordan had the diss track come last weekend and he had he picked up the w over the weekend what the like if there's any correlation between having your diss track go and picking and getting a win like what people's records are uh after their diss track drops we'll have to look into that but uh jordan improve last week at the win to five and six you've won uh you you were kind of in the dumps but you've kind of worked yourself back up uh at this point you're in contention for a playoff spot uh yep tied for the six place with five and six one game behind hovey for fifth and two games behind me for fourth uh it's it's really been an up and down season for you i would say uh how would you assess how things have gone this year yeah i think that's a fair assessment up and down i mean it got off to a very rocky start with saquon going down as early as he did but uh you know i'm pretty pretty happy with where i've been able to to put my team after that and uh, yeah, you mentioned it that I do. I am in contention for a playoff spot. It uh, it's a very slim chance, but it is possible. I was looking at that uh, this morning, and I'm out of it for the sixth spot because I'm I'm too far back on points. But I can sneak into that fifth spot. I think the only scenario is if I win both my games, Hovey loses both of his games, and Tristan loses at least one of his two games. So uh, it's not likely, but it is possible. So we'll take it. I like it. It is possible. Looking at your team a little bit, I mean, it, you uh, you did have a little bit of a rough start, but you did end up making a pretty big trade back on September 23rd where you got Devontae Parker, Keenan Allen, Wayne Gallman, and Michael Pittman um, from my co-host for uh, Tyreek Hill and Duke Johnson. Quick question for you, Jordan. How much do you miss Duke Johnson right now? <laughs> Man, I mean, he's clearly been uh, been a monster, so I'm. It's it's it was sad to see him go, but... Uh, you know, we're moving on. 
And the rough part was, well, I mean, Wayne Gallm is not on your team anymore. Obviously, both of us would want to have him <laughs> back at this point. Uh, Obviously. Which is, which is crazy to say, but it's the state of fantasy football. Uh, it's 2020, man. <laughs> but those guys you acquired in that trade all scored touchdowns for you last week. Um, so all yep. of them played, played a big part in your role and your win against me. So obviously that means that you win the trade, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but uh, let's jump into today's show. Uh, Connor, it sounds like you have something you want to inform the league on. So let's get right yeah. into Connor's Corner. Yeah, guys, another installment of, of Connor's Corner. Connor just getting pissed off at the world um, by himself while driving into work. You know, I know a lot of people working from home. I'm not one of them. And it's great, man. There's no one on the road. But at the same time, I have a lot of time to myself. and I'm just getting pissed off. I got to talk about... I got to talk about Taysom Hill, man. I'm sorry, guys. Taysom Hill, as everyone knows, picked up by Spencer last week, um, which I got to give him all the credit in the world. This is not an indictment on him at all. Um, I was talking about it uh, with him or with him a little bit. But, uh, okay, Taysom Hill in ESPN was designated a quarterback and a tight end, and they did not change that. So Spencer this week played Taysom Hill in his tight end spot. Jordan and Eric, how do you guys feel about that? I'm fine with it i mean it's it was i'm not i don't agree with him being tight and eligible but as far as what spencer did like yeah that's taking advantage of the rules absolutely i i, I guess a perfect take i agree with eric any other thoughts um i mean espn did how they wanted to do it they said like he started the week with that eligible tight end eligibility so they didn't want to change it um I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they changed it during the week. I think that's what some other sites did. I think ESPN was, like, one of the few places that actually had him tight and eligible. Um, but, like, ev- everyone knew he was tight and eligible. Everyone knew when he was on waivers he was tight and eligible. So I think uh, it was fair across the board. Definitely. And you, you nailed it on the head, too. So ESPN was one of only two um, organizations, I mean, top fantasy football organizations that – kept that tight end designation it's espn and FanDuel. the ones that changed it who actually removed that tight end designation after Taysom hill was declared starter you have yahoo DraftKings, cbs nfl.com my fantasy league and sleeper um all decided to remove that d- designation um just goes to show you that espn is stupid and we should probably move to a new app in the future their reasoning was not to punish those owners who put in fab requests or use waiver wire priority for Taysom Hill all of a sudden to realize that, oh, yeah, actually, I can't play him at tight end. I'm just going to drop him, which is what I saw. I'm in an NFL league. I'm in a sleeper league. Um, I saw and a Yahoo league. And in all those three leagues, he was picked up and dropped. And, you know, that that is unfortunate. But I just have a question for you guys. OK, who who's the who gets the worst side of the coin here? OK, who who gets the shittiest piece of pumpkin pie? Is it the guy who spent fab budget or waiver wide priority to play Taysom Hill at tight end and loses that designation, right? So they lose some fab budget. Or the guy who plays against another team who has a starting quarterback in their tight end spot. So, I mean, really, it's it's a, it's a fortunate thing that uh, I wish Curtis had lost this week so there'd been more of an uproar. But since Curtis actually beat Spencer, no one's going to care. But uh, I just think that it's, uh, it's bullshit, it's stupid, and uh, ESPN sucks. That's all I'm going to say. No, I actually kind of like the way ESPN did it because when – Taysom Hill wasn't ruled a starter until Friday, and like at the time the waiver was made, he was tight and eligible. So you're making your bid, knowing that he's tight and eligible. So, you know, you might I, if I had five budget, which I don't. Um, so I bid one dollar for Taysom Hill. But if I had like over a hundred dollars, I would have made a bigger bid on Taysom Hill because I would have known that okay, if he does, if in the chance that he does get named a starter, I could play him at tight end. Um, but if, if if it all of a sudden could have changed that. 
drastically affects how you would have been. So I feel like while it does suck for the person who's playing against that person that they picked up Taysom Hill, I think it's the most fair how ESPN did it. Well, I, I definitely disagree with you. And actually, let's go back and take a look at that tight end designation. In 2019, so I, I had this data pulled from Pro Football Focus, okay? <laughs> in 2019, Taysom Hill, out of all of his snaps, okay? This includes special teams because the guy does do, like, kickoff returns and shit. He took 14.9 of all his snaps at tight end, okay? It was his number one position per uh pro football focus okay but let's take a look at the other positions he took 12.6 percent of his total snaps at slot wide receiver and 7.7 percent at wide receiver so pro football focus actually discriminates between slot and wide receiver but in fantasy we don't i mean not like all of a sudden you have a slot wide receiver you can only play jameson crowder there right or you can only play jarvis landry so in reality in 2019 Taysom Hill took the majority of his snaps at wide receiver at 20.3%, which is just his slot receiver plus his wideout receiver. So actually, ESPN's even more wrong because he should have never even had a tight end designation. So ESPN, you should hire the commish as just your, saying, yeah, as your fancy czar. Total bullshit. But <laughs> he can I'm, designate I'm, the positions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here. I, I, I'm in my lab. I, I got my statisticians looking up stuff, and, ESP, and I'm just seeing holes in ESPN's story, and I'm getting pissed off. I just think it's so stupid. You know, like I said, well, we thought about moving to Sleeper before the year, but they didn't have auctions. And then you complain that Sleeper doesn't have an online uh, a web browser site, which they do. Right, I no, hope, but really I it's the emojis it that piss me off. That's what really gets me is there's too much uh, movement when I pull this app up. There is a lot of movement, but uh, I guess ESPN needs to get it together. According to Connor's yeah, corner. I just think uh, we should probably take a look at some other uh, leagues in the future. Jordan, are you by chance in any other leagues or have you used any other uh, like fantasy football platforms? Um, no, I mean, other than NFL.com, the first year <laughs> we did EEIG, it's been all ESPN for me. And how do you feel about ESPN? I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't really have any major issues with it. I don't know. See, see, it's like a, it's like the argument of kickers, Connor. It's like ESPN clearly has flaws in the system, but we just stick with we stuck with it because uh, you know it's what we've done in the past. But uh, yeah, everyone hates change. I get it. Just like how we eliminated <laughs> kickers, maybe we need to you know look at a different site. I've used yeah. Yeah, Yahoo and uh, Sleeper. Um, I don't really have any favoritism towards any of them. Um, so this is kind of a shitty take, but. Uh, no, whatever you decide to go with, uh, I'm in. I'm in your corner. Oh, really? I have full control over if we switch platforms next year. Well, wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what kind of platforms are out there that you're thinking about switching to, but uh, I think about it's... going uh, purely by pencil and paper. Uh, okay. I like it. Well, I mean, as long as you're Old the school. one who's cal- calculating it, uh, then uh, no extra work for us. But uh, yeah, I'll but... get my interns to work on it. <laughs> exactly. You're the fancy czar, <laughs> so I'm sure you can. You got some pull. Uh, But let's quickly jump into the recaps um, from week 11. As mentioned, Jordan beat me at 115 to 109.9. Ben picks up a win over AMAC, 135.6 to 98.2. Curtis, the high score of the week, 139.4 over Spencer, 108.7. Hobie beats Tristan, 139.3 to 115. Jerry beats Chris, 133.1 to 84.4. And Joe beats Connor, 111.4 to 99.4. Let's get into our highlights of the week. 
Uh, I'm going to go first. I got a couple. Highlight number one for me was that Duke Johnson absolutely dominated Ronald Jones in the uh, head-to-head matchup. Five, <laughs> I was wondering when this was going to come up. Surprised five it took this to long. <laughs> what do you mean easy $25? Easy More than doubled his points. Easy money. Uh, so this guy say Duke Johnson greater than Ronald Jones. Uh, no doubt. Um, my other highlight was that's that... one of the worst takes of all time. That bet is so stupid, dude. I can't believe that worked in your favor. It's just one of the worst bets I've ever seen, and I can't believe it didn't work out. That's like you had like a two outer on the river and you nailed it. So whatever, dude. Hey, got on with the best and uh, and came out with the best. <laughs> Clearly, obviously, it wasn't even close. But uh, yeah, Duke Johnson's way too OP. Uh, highlight number two for me was that DeAndre Hopkins had his worst week of the season, scoring 7.6 points, uh, but still outscored Ronald Jones and T. Higgins combined, who uh, partnered up for a, a huge whopping 6.5 points. Uh, last week, Connor, when we were discussing your trade, it seemed like you're kind of poo-pooing Hopkins and how good he's been this year, saying he really hasn't been that productive, as productive as like his status would say. Uh, and I, you know, I got my interns to do a little digging on that. Uh, ent- entering last week, which was uh, so before last week, week eleven, Hopkins was wide receiver five in fantasy. Uh, he's still wide receiver eight, even after only scoring seven point six points last week, and he actually leads the NFL in receiving yards. Um, so I'm not sure what quite pr- what production you're looking for at DeAndre Hopkins, but I feel like he was giving you uh, all that you could ask for. Yeah, you know, it's tough because I don't actually remember what I said last week because it's been seven days for you to have a response. So it's a little tough for me to actually comment on that. Uh, gotcha. And then, uh, I mean, you hit it, uh, you hit on a little bit earlier was that Taysom Hill finished as tight end one. That is right, tight end. <laughs> tight end one for Spencer with 24.3 points. Yeah. And uh, last week, uh, you were hooing and about how good of a pickup Jameis Winston was and how you were surprised that nobody else. Uh, that is incorrect. So I, I, you know, I was looking a little more into this actually. Uh, so you picked up Jameis. He was the third QB you were rostering, and you actually dropped James White for Jameis. Is that correct? Correct. So you dropped James White for Jameis, and uh, even though you already, people. even though you already rostered two quarterbacks, you're like, you know, I need a third mediocre quarterback, so I'm going to pick up Jameis Winston. And, no, uh, actually, that's not true. It's James be, White it's because of the match. Hold on a sec. It's because of the matchup. They were playing. I think they played the Falcons last weekend, right? Yeah, but even yeah, after, so even like after worst, he got named the backup. That's the worst uh, fantasy defense in all of football. So, yeah, I picked – and my quarterback situation's been pretty bad. So I picked up a flyer. And I just said – I didn't say <laughs> James Winston was going to, like, be really good. I said for a $0 bid, I thought it was good value. And then even after James okay, was named right, a backup, mind. you still didn't drop him. Uh, and then James White ended up having a, a nice week last week. He became – not only the most bid on player and on waivers this week, but the highest price waiver ad overall. And do you know um, why that is? Just wanted to put that out there. Do you know why he was the highest waiver? Do you know why he had a good week and why he was the highest uh, waiver edition? Because Rex Burkhead had that whatever he did season. Yeah, I think, he, I think he tore his ACL. Yeah, it's just it adds to the the lack of. I've had the worst fucking luck this year, man. It's actually insane. Like oh, I yeah, play whatever. Burrow, I trade for T. Higgins. Burrow's knee explodes. T. Higgins is not going to be the same wide receiver with Ryan Lindley or whoever the hell they're going to start. Brandon this I think Allen. Ryan Lindley's the back. Yeah, thank you. Right. I mean, that's just that just stinks. Uh, you know, even Clyde's uh, what Clyde Edwards-Alaire had his best fantasy game of the season 
Orlando Jones had his worst fantasy game of the season. Like, and I saw, you know, I lose to Joe. It's yeah. like, God damn, man, I just can't catch a break. And actually, speaking of being unlucky, <laughs> on my five-game losing streak, I do want to bring this up. I had my uh, had my statisticians go and take a look really quick at my – and I know that, you know, very quickly, ESPN projections don't really mean anything, obviously. But they're like – I think on the average, maybe they're, you know, pretty decent. Over the last five weeks, I'm averaging 22% uh, less points than my projected total. All right. So my team is projected to get a lot, and they always let me down. You know, what I what I said last week also is that you should have just traded Diggs for Edward Lair because it would have helped the rest of the season and in the match. That was not, that trade was not on the, I don't believe that trade was pretty on sure the it was on. Pretty sure it was on the, uh, the pretty sure, block. Pretty sure it was. And uh, definitely would have paid off for you. I just want to put it out there. But hey. Actually, also trading Hopkins for Gibson and Woods would have worked out for me too, right? But it see, would. here at the at the Question for Sunday podcast, we are outcome independent. <laughs> Isn't that right, Eric? Sure. Is that, I mean, that's why Duke Johnson is just like clearly uh, – you know, a salvageable RB2 every week, no matter what, even if David Johnson is back, super OP. Jordan watching his parents fight. <laughs> uh, but those are my highlights of the week. Uh, Jordan, what do you got? So I got a couple. Uh, one of them is Curtis uh, coming from the bottom. His team has been on fire lately. Uh-huh. He's on a three-game heater. Uh, doesn't look like he'll make the playoffs this year, but uh, it does look like whoever he plays in that first round of the toilet bowl playoffs is going to have a tough draw. So hopefully that's not me, but you'd love to see it. Um, and actually, a side note there, I kind of wish Curtis had played uh, Hobie last week. That would have been sick. The two highest scoring teams, 139.4 to 139.3, that would have been intense on Monday night. Um and then my main highlight of the week is Tom Brady throwing that atrocious pick at the end of the Monday night game. Yeah. You know, I was really sweating that one out. It uh, Our matchup was a lot closer than I wanted it to be or expected it to be. Um, and, you know, I didn't expect to survive that last drive with with uh, you having three of the Bucks pass catchers, Eric. But um, And then even if I did survive, I figured they'd go kick a field goal, put into overtime, and then I'd lose there. But, uh, no, my guy, Tommy B, came through and decided to end the game early for me. So, thanks, Tom. I just want to actually give a shout-out to Tom Brady in case he's listening. Uh, I'm sure he is, right? I think so. Yeah, he's probably listening. Uh, Yeah, Tom, you know, I used to be a big fan of yours with my fantasy career starting with you and your good pal Randy Moss on my team, just bringing me in all those points. Uh, And then, you know, there was a – quite a long stretch where I wasn't a fan because of your continued dominance in the league, but uh, you've made me a fan again. So probably not for the reasons you're proud of, but uh, thanks for keeping my season alive. Appreciate it, man. Shout out Tom Brady. He's probably listening while he's giving a foot rub to Antonio Brown or something, you know, since they're kissing his son on the (laughs) mouth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Connor, it, it wasn't a great week for you, but do you have any highlights from the league overall? Absolutely. Uh, my highlight. Yeah, you know, it really wasn't. A, it hasn't been a couple of good weeks for me, Eric. It's been pretty, pretty tough. And, you know, us, we're we have such, you know, we're 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 the face of the league. You know, yeah. I know you're it's your namesake for you. We're on the podcast every week. I'm the commish. No it just hiding. sucks. Everyone loves everyone loves to pile on me when I lose, you know, and it's you know, it's all right. It's, it's taxing uh, emotionally and, and psychologically. But, you know. It's all right. Like, you know, I'm making good friends with the the guy at the the till, the liquor store down the street. So it's great. Um, my highlight 
of the week. Uh, today at 4.01 a.m., Eric, you picked up Carson Wentz. And then three minutes later, you dropped Carson Wentz and picked up Daniel Jones. Eric, I have two questions for you. Why are you up at 4 a.m.? And can you make up your damn mind already? Uh, you know, I wish I wasn't up at 4 a.m. either. Uh, but some kind, sometimes uh, people call at 4 a.m., uh, specifically the very small child in the room next to me. Um, so, so, so while your wife is helping the child, you're like, let me just check out no. who's available on my <laughs> the, the, the ESPN early, app. The early right? morning wake-ups are, are my responsibility. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Carson Wentz. I'll pick him up. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wait a second. Uh, I just picked Carson Wentz. Drop his ass for Daniel Jones, who also sucks. I mean, just – But yeah, uh, it's, it's what's going on? I don't know if you saw Matt Ryan's performance last week, but it wasn't great. Uh, I'm obviously, So I'm looking for anything to – uh, go well for me at quarterback. Thought Wentz might be the guy. Looked, did a little more research. Obviously, there at four a.m. Three minutes of research. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> like you know what? It's going to be Daniel Jones. Uh, I've obviously tried to trade for a quarterback. Uh, I, uh, ben has been the obvious target, but uh, talks I would say have stalled at this point. Um, but hey, I guess you never know. But you know, between Matt Ryan and Daniel Jones, and you know Carson Wentz is still available. So between one of those three, hopefully, uh, I'll get. I'll get something out of one of them at some point this year, but that that's all was going on. A question for you really quickly, because we love tossing or throwing Ben under the bus for his trade offers on this podcast. Um, what was your latest offer to Ben that didn't go through? Uh, well, there's like three of them. Um, Give me the best one. Give me the one that you think is like the most fair. I'm just curious. Um, well, this is great podcast material right now. As I Dead just, air! As I just dig through my text. Um, Jesus, you don't have it. You don't remember. So I offered Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Brown, and Tony Pollard for Russ and Deontay Johnson, or Jonathan Taylor, Jarvis Landry, and Tony Pollard for Aaron Rodgers and Allen Robinson. Neither of which he took. Uh, hmm. I made one Jordan, offer would, Tyreek Hill. Jordan, would you take those two trades? I don't think I would have taken either of those. I don't either. think so either. No, no. Isn't Tony Pollard the backup running back? Uh, for Zeke, who he has, Jonathan Taylor would. Uh, be his second best running back at this point. And well, Antonio Jonathan Taylor, Brown. I mean, yeah, he's not—he's on your bench, right? That's how good of a running back. No, he's he is. starting for me this week, actually. Oh well, as of now, we'll see if that holds true. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's a heated matchup between him and Jarvis Landry, who, as you know, has been phenomenal this year. Uh, so it'll be a, a vaunted matchup for who who dips into my flex spot. Um, but yeah, I don't. We don't need to get into trade talks with Ben, and I don't think it's going to happen at this point. So uh, I don't really want to spend too much more time on it. But uh, let's quickly go over the playoff standings here. Um, Joe still sitting at first at nine and two as the one seed. Jerry and Ben are tied for for second, but Jerry obviously with the points advantage there. So if the playoffs were start today, he would have the bye. Ben in third, I'm in fourth at seven and four. Hovey's in fifth at six and five. Your man. Tristan and Jordan tied tied at at five and six with a six spot. Connor and Chris and Curtis are all at four and seven, and Spencer and McCory bring up the bottom of the standings at three and eight. As far as points wise, that six spot, um, you know Tristan obviously would have the advantage right now. He's already sitting in six at one thousand two hundred seventy point seven points. He has a pretty significant advantage over Spencer with this two weeks left here, sixty six point advantage. That Spencer would have to make up there. Uh, Connor at 1,182, so even farther behind. Um, so Tristan looking pretty solid for the sixth spot there. Kind of no matter what happens with him record-wise the rest of the season. But I, I guess you never know. Like 
140 points or something like that from you know Connor yourself mm-hmm. or Spencer or or Jordan and a rough week for Tristan obviously with McCaffrey being out again this week and I think he's on bye next week so that obviously is a, is a pretty big damper on his scoring so now if he had an 80 point week or something like that and someone were to have a 130 or 140 point week they're right in the mix um coming down to the last week of the season so even though i mean he is i think i think nice somebody we know had a had a what a 33.7 point yeah. week at one point exactly uh, so i can't remember who that I can't was remember either but uh <laughs> it is possible yeah so you know we'll see we'll keep we'll just keep having to see how things shake out um but i'd say like you know it's the top five as far as Joe, Jerry, Ben, myself, and Hobie, I would say pretty tough for one of those teams to fall out at this point. But still a lot of teams in the mix for the sixth spot. And even Spencer, you know, he's sitting and tied for last place at 3-8, and but he's still in the mix. So, yeah, you like to see it. Um, we we want to bring it back to one of our favorite segments of the week. Does Miles Sanders have COVID? And we have Joe on the pod, obviously, with us, uh, an insider into this into this knowledge um connor what do you got for us yes hello everyone i'm the insider uh i just checked and miles sanders does not have covid all right chris you're scot-free this week make sure you leave miles sanders in your lineup uh or don't you know it's up to you um you know for two weeks i'm sure you guys have been asking yourself uh where's joe knows i mean he's been giving you such high quality picks this gambling season (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably making you a lot of money uh if you faded him so uh joe decided to come out of the dungeons this week and drop some gambling picks so let's see what he has for you guys hey guys we've been out for a couple weeks but we figured we'd be back with the joe knows segment i figured we got a long thanksgiving weekend so i will be giving you guys a game every day um, for the picks. The first three days, we're going to do some college football. Um, on Thursday, we're going to go with Air Force minus five versus Colorado State. On Friday, the game that we're going to go with is Western Michigan minus 19.5 over Northern Illinois. Um, on Saturday, we are going to go with, and let me find the exact game, sorry, uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia over 55 total points scored. And then on Sunday, we're going with the Las Vegas Raiders minus three. Uh, those are my picks for the week. Good luck, everybody. All righty. There's Joe Nose. You got some nice picks to fade this weekend uh, based on Joe's recent results. Uh, I do, uh, Raiders minus three against the Falcons, so I think I like that one. <clears throat> so I might agree with him there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Raiders uh, are totally rising. I feel like that's this should be, they should be huge favorites in that game. Have you guys been following this? Uh, this is kind of random, but you guys been following this Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. fight at all? Not much. I, other than knowing that it's happening, that's all I know about so it's, it. It's happening on Saturday. <laughs> that's more than me. I did not know that was happening. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's happening on Saturday, uh, on this random app called Triller. It's a pay-per-view fight. Um, but obviously, we're all just gonna be if we're if we are deciding to watch, we'll probably find some Reddit stream. Um, so they're having a boxing match, but there's there's no judges, there's no winner being declared. They can't knock each other out. It's basically just like they when they announce it, they like built it up as like this fight, like an actual fight, and they're like people are like, oh, they're just gonna have an exhibition, and 
they're both like, no, we're going to try to knock each other out. Like, this is an actual fight. And then, like, two days ago, it came out, like, no knockdowns, no scoring, no winner. It's like, well, what's the point of even having the fight? But the under the the co-main event for this card, this Tyson Jones Jr. fight, is Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul. And uh, that is an actual fight. And Nate Robinson... Jake Paul, the, the, the YouTuber. YouTube guy? Versus Nate Rob and Nate Rob it's is Nate Rob? Nate Rob is the underdog. He's like plus two hundred. Well, he's tiny, dude. Yeah, but what? I feel like just athletically, like Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul. I feel like I'm taking Nate Robinson, and as a two to one underdog, uh, I feel like you gotta like your odds there. Wait, can we bet on that? Yeah, you can bet on it. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> like your scorebook live app, but like offshore books, like I use my bookie and they have odds for it. I'm gonna check, but yeah, that's insane. But yeah, another another thing you can bet uh, this weekend. Lots of sports going on this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, one of the NFL games got moved tomorrow. Uh, that was supposed to be played tomorrow. Steelers and Ravens was supposed to be the primetime game. But due to the Ravens having a bunch of COVID cases, that moved it to Sunday. So that sucks, but two games tomorrow. Uh, my boy Duke Johnson going to be leading the way for the Texans in the morning uh, against, I can't remember who they're playing, Detroit. And then yeah, Washington yeah. plays Dallas in the second game. So four shitty teams playing on Thanksgiving, but hey, it's football, so none of us are complaining. Uh, Connor, you put together a new segment you want to uh, debut this week. It's the fantasy performance doppelgangers. We all remember your fantasy appearance doppelgangers that you did last year. That was a huge hit. Um, so you're kind of remixing it this year. So why don't you uh, break down what you're doing? Absolutely. Yeah, we are doing a little bit of a remix. You know, everyone knows that, you know, I look like Baker Mayfield. Um, pr- pretty pretty obvious. I mean, that was probably the, the hit of the segment last year. This time, I'm actually going by performance-based fantasy doppelgangers. Uh, just to give a quick heads up, this segment sounded way better in my head when I wrote it all down. And I, I do know, Jordan, that you have a couple of additions as well. So uh, please interrupt me when I get to those players. All right. So, here, here's how it goes. I took a look at everyone's fantasy football team and their ability as a manager. I looked at, you know, some parts of uh, – or some decisions they've made historically, their rankings in the league overall, and if they won a championship or not. What I tried to do was give uh, either a player or a team that has done similarly in the NFL and uh, designated that player or team for someone's doppelganger. So, starting off – we're going to start, go pick on Joe. So Joe, you know, he traditionally makes fairly good decisions, but everyone knows that his real ace in the hole is Joe Luck. The guy is the luckiest motherfucker I know. I should have never traded with him at all. I knew it was going to turn out bad. I knew I was going to lose this weekend. Just saying that I knew on Saturday I was going to lose. Actually, I knew when Ben jinxed it, I was definitely going to lose, but that's not really related to my segment. So I decided to choose who I think is the luckiest NFL player that I've seen, and that has to be uh, Malcolm Smith. So Malcolm Smith was drafted in the seventh round of the 2011 NFL draft. Um, didn't really do much for his first two years. Let's take a quick look at his 2013 season with the Seattle Seahawks. He was not a regular starter at all until KJ Wright got injured. He just happened to be in the perfect spot to catch the game-winning interception for the NFC conference game. Plays in the Super Bowl, just happens to pick off Peyton Manning for a touchdown and recovers a fumble. He goes ahead and wins the Super Bowl MVP, and then he proceeds to fall back into complete irrelevancy. Plays for six different teams since then, or sorry, total. And a quick question for you, Eric. 
Can you tell me right now which team Malcolm Smith plays for? Um, I'm honestly I'm surprised he's he's actually on the team. I would have said that he's not in the league, but not yeah, the Jets. He's on the Browns actually. So similar guess if you ask me. But yeah, so all right, Joe, you are Malcolm Smith. Let's take a look at it. Jerry. So Jerry, as everyone knows, the future Hall of Famer. Uh, per Eric about a couple weeks ago. He's always solid. He's old, reliable. You know, he's consistently in the top scoring teams year over year. I'm giving Jerry his fantasy football doppelganger, uh, whatever. It's Jason Witten. I think that Jerry has the better hairstyle, though. Um, but, you know, consistent teams, consistent player, and, you know, literally cannot die. Just always top tier. Uh, so there you go, Jerry. Sorry I couldn't get someone who looked more like you. Um, I had one for Jerry. I I went with the 2013 through 2015 Seahawks. They ooh. both. Uh, so Jerry won the championship last year in dominating fashion, much like the 2013 Seahawks. And uh, I'm predicting that also like the Seahawks, he's going to make it to the championship again game again this year. But uh, it's going to unfortunately end with a heartbreaking loss on his part. <laughs> so you're saying Jerry's <laughs> you're predicting Jerry. T- to make it to the championship and lose. So you're choosing right. whoever's playing Jerry to win. That's right. That's correct. <laughs> That's awesome. I like it. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Going down the line, let's take a quick look at Ben, uh, my mortal enemy. People don't know this, but, you know, Ben jinxed me this past weekend with the, uh, the, the upset alert over Discord when clearly there were a lot of games left to play. And, of course, I go ahead and lose. <laughs> Not the first time he's jinxed me. Not the first time I've seen some of his witchcraft. And so I'm, I took a look, and I, there's another player, I think, who has a lot of witchcraft, you know? Some people would say that, you know, he had some strong results but was fueled by luck. I might say the same thing for Ben. And, yeah, you know, maybe when they do do well, it's in a short burst, and all of a sudden they fade back into obscurity. I'm saying that Ben reminds me of Tim Tebow, okay? Every time – I don't know. Is Ben left-handed? Jordan, you would know that, right? Is, is he a lefty? He is not a lefty. Okay, well, for this, for this argument's sake, I'm looking at Ben in a mirror – and I think that, uh, you know, he pulls some crazy witchcraft just like that Tebow magic. And uh, everyone else has a worse time because of it. We're going to do two quick ones. Uh, Curtis and Jordan, very similar in my eyes. They're both former winners but current losers. Uh, Curtis, you are uh, the Joe Flacco of the league. And Jordan, you are the Carson Wentz of the league. Ooh. Sorry, guys. Is, is that's, Joe Flacco that's... elite? I mean – I would say yes. He's elite at throwing a deep ball that gets called for pass interference. So, Still starting, okay. too. Still starting, yeah, but not throwing the ball to Jason Crowder. So <laughs> taking a look well, at – Wait, wait, wait. I, I actually want to dispute that one, Connor, for uh, the Carson Wentz because you're right that he is – he does have an NFL Super Bowl ring, but uh, he actually was not playing in that game. So uh, – yeah, I don't know. I don't well, know actually, if I agree so with that one. It, that's a great point, though. So just like your EEIG victory, his it ring and your victory don't actually count. If you take a look back, your team made the playoffs at 7-6 that year that you won, just as a reminder. Is my face on the EEIG poster, or is it not? It, oh, it is. and It, it, right. it is, and uh, Carson Wentz has a ring sitting at home as well. All right. All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's take a look at Hovey, dude. So Hovey is a solid drafter, you know? I mean, uh, he he always comes out of the draft with a good team. His team always goes off every couple weeks. Like, Hovey, I'm never surprised when Hovey scores, like, 150 points, you know? I'm like, oh, classic Hovey. Just 
choosing a couple weeks out of the season to go off. Uh, but he makes very little in-season transactions. It's hard for him to pick up, you know, key free agents. And I think that he's seen a lot of regular season success, but just can't seem to replicate that in the playoffs. So, Hovi, you are the uh, Cincinnati Bengals of the EEIG League. Uh, and I'm thinking more like Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton back when they were good, not necessarily in the last couple of years. A little bit harsh, I think, on my part. But, you know, I've been having not a great week, so I think it's probably fair. Eric, what do you think about that assessment? Not bad. You know, I actually took a look. I was just taking a look, curious, uh, looking at the moves in the standings. You can see how many moves people have made. Uh, Hobie has 19 moves. That's uh, He actually has wow. one, two, three, four, five people below him, and Chris has the same amount as 19. So kind of in the middle of the pack, moves-wise. Um which I don't, I don't know what that says about our league, so I'm just going to send it right back over to you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the next player, it was pretty easy. Uh, this is Chris. Chris Smart, you know, everyone loves to trash on his team when our teams are doing poorly. You know, everyone knows he's not a good drafter, and he's also not a good team manager. So, Chris, you are the New York Jets of the EEIG League. Very sorry to hear it. Um, moving on. <laughs> We're going to go over to Tristan land and, you know, Tristan's a relative newcomer. You know, I would say he's overall, besides that fluky uh, uh, record, his first season, he's been definitely lacking results, but I think he's overachieving in uh, public relations. You know, his, his diss tracks have been great. Everyone knows he's the meme master and uh, he's always dropping hot fire in the discord. At least that's what the young kids say. And, you know, even if it's just for a month, I, I did hear that he recently relocated down to Palm Springs. And so I'm assigning Tristan the Los Angeles Chargers of the EIG League. For those of you who don't know, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Chargers Twitter page was ranked the second best NFL team Twitter page by Complex.com, who have a proven track record of ranking NFL Twitter accounts. They do it every year. In 2020, they gave the Chargers the number two overall pick, which I think is pretty solid. Tristan, I think you're an awesome, you know, you, you bring so much entertainment to this league. Uh, but once again, you know, maybe the results will follow in the next couple of years. Uh, Jordan, what do you feel about that assessment? I just want to know who the number one uh, Twitter team was. If you, uh, yeah, uh, maybe if we get sponsored by Complex.com, we'll go ahead and <laughs> review for the rankings, right? But And so I get that ad review or yeah, revenue. can't give them too much fun. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, gotcha. Uh, now just taking it over to myself, this one was probably the easiest. You know, it's pretty obvious that I'm the I'm the best player in the league. Um, I'm a constant performer, um, consistently have above average talent. Um, you know, but my big issue is with injuries. You know, I, I just can't I just can't get healthy, and so I am the Andrew Luck of the EIG league. That one's pretty obvious. I mean, it's pretty clear that I'm probably the best player. It's just you know, can't get you get that injury bug. It's hard to quit it. You know. Does that mean you're gonna yeah. retire early too? Uh, only time. during a preseason game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting comparison, <laughs> I gotta say. Right. Okay, at, let's take a look at Spencer. Let's go pick on Spencer a little bit. Everyone knows that Spencer has these really innovative strategies going for seven running backs in last year's draft, uh, drafting two Browns running backs this year, um, getting Taysom Hill uh, at tight end. You know, he continues to push – the, the boundaries of what is acceptable in fantasy football, and I love it. You know, he's he, he's the kind of guy that memorizes the playbook and exploits parts of it, so I'm designating him the Ernie Adams of the league. A couple highlights, uh, you know, Ernie Adams, 
uh, was the the genius behind the Patriots taking multiple offensive penalties last year on fourth down outside of five minutes, which was a little uh, loophole in the rule book, which meant that the clock would keep going down, even though, you know, let's say there's like seven minutes left in the game. They're able to get off two minutes by just taking continuous offside penalties offside or this false start, whatever you want to call it, or too many men. So that's pretty cool. Also, a couple of years ago, pretty infamously, um, the Patriots were using a uh, formation where their offensive tackle was eligible to receive passes. They full, first pulled it out against the the Ravens, I want to say. And so, you know, that's cla- Ernie Adams classic. And of course, I think Spencer would be the kind of guy in our league to think of something that crazy. So got to give it to Spencer. Um, you know, he's the mad genius. And then uh, second, I think we have two more to go. Let's go pick on AMAC a little bit. So, uh, you know, I feel like whenever I take a look at uh, McCory's scores, you know, there's always a lot of variance. Like his team either scores 130 or they score 70. And it's always like kind of goes back and forth. So what I did was I went and I checked out some of the uh, high variance fantasy football players this year. Some of those boomer bust picks that you guys have on your team. And uh, there is a couple different options on this one. It's a little bit more Brandon difficult. Cooks. Well, that was actually on my list. No joke on my list. Uh, but actually, there's someone who's even more boomer bust. Then Brandon Cooks, uh, who I have rostered this year. Can anyone take a guess? Um, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Okay. Okay, Jordan, you got one? Mm, I don't know. I don't know your team well enough. Fair yeah. enough, dude. Cam Akers has got to be the worst guest the I've team ever sucks, heard. So no one really let's, knows who's on there. Let's, so. take a, let's take a quick look at Cam Akers. Has he ever scored? He's, Cam Akers has First not scored above 8.4 points all season. So I think it's just a bust-bust pick from that. Um, but anyways, let's go back to let's go back to the segment. So there actually is someone who has more boomer bust than Cam Akers and Brandon Cooks. That's Darius Slayton, the, the former member of my team who I traded away. You know, Darius Slayton, he's not your first choice. You know, he, when you put him in your flex spot, you're not really too he's excited about it. probably not your it. second or your third choice either. Probably not your fourth <laughs> choice. Definitely probably your fifth or seventh choice, you know. He has that upside. So, so far this season, he's four times he scored under five points. But four times he scored over ten points. So either way, you're gonna get something at the top of the you know top of the food chain or the bottom, and then uh, you know it, you don't really know what you're gonna get. It's gonna be one of the two, and that's where I'm putting McCory's team. You know, not consistent, or you could say consistently inconsistent, whichever one works. You know who scored five points this week? Moving on to Eric. <laughs> um, you know, Eric always has strong teams. You know, he's a, you know he has a lot of free time. Tons of free time, uh, but you know, uh, never he's never won a championship. Everyone knows that. We always talk about it all the time, you know. And that's what really matters is rings, you know. You know, Eric he lacks fundamentals. You know, he makes a lot of really rookie mistakes um, in fantasy. We see it all the time. But I will say that he makes up for those rookie mistakes with really good plays. And sometimes he just goes for that killing blow. He's able to nail it. We also know that Eric has the strongest seed in the EIG, so I'm clearly giving him. The doppelganger of Philip Rivers, a above-average quarterback who's you know been very solid. He's never won a championship. Yeah, he, he when he throws the ball, he looks like he's a seven-year-old, but somehow the ball goes where he wants it to. And yeah, he does have like 14 kids. So, congratulations, Eric. You are the Philip Rivers of the league, and so ends the segment of the EEIG fantasy football doppelgangers. I actually had one for Eric too. Oh yeah, I please. Went, I went with the Minnesota Vikings because they're both. 0-4 in league championships. Damn. The Vikings are 0-4 in Super Bowls. Erickson's 0-4 in EEIG championships. I could have gone, yeah. gone with the Bills, too. They're also 0-4, but I just figured too, yeah. 
I just figured the Vikings made more sense for someone named Erickson. True. Exactly. And no, Phil Beers, one back in my day, I was a, was a quarterback backup on the middle school team at Harbor Point. Um, fifth quarter All-Stars, just wanted to put it out there. Uh, <laughs> you were the backup quarterback in middle school? Jesus. Yep. How low can you go, dude? Uh, you know, there was a third string, so at least I had to one-up on that kid. Um, but, yeah. Back and forth, back, no big deal. Anyways, uh, that does it for the uh, the, the fantasy performance. Doppelgangers, I, I, you know, Connor, I feel like you were a little unsure about that segment, but I thought it was great. I was going to say you. props to you, Jordan, with some solid contributions as well. Uh, you, mentioned some, you mentioned something earlier, and I was going to bring something up again. Uh, you mentioned how, as the faces of the league, being the podcast host, you know, we're always in the limelight, always have the spotlight on us. We can't really hide. Um, from how our teams are doing, you know, obviously when we're performing well, we have the the platform to uh, let everyone know, and I'm sure they appreciate that. But when things aren't going well, uh, you know, for myself, I can't speak on that experience, but obviously you can. Uh, these last five weeks, you you're right in you're right in the spotlight. You can't hide from it. Um, it's true. So I gotta say, I uh, normally I would say shout out Egg Mac, but uh, I don't even know where he's at at this point. Uh, I feel like the guy's just disappeared as his team is just uh, wiltering into the toilet bowl as it's flushing down the toilet, as you could say. Um, I haven't heard anything from him, um, but when his when his team is going well, you know, all we Amac is definitely uh, letting everyone know in the Discord. So uh, just putting it out there to uh, you know, it's easy to flap your gums when things are going well, but. It takes a real man here, like the commish. Got to give props to him to uh, keep on flapping those gums when when shit hits the fan. Uh, so, Amac, what's going on, man? Uh, are you live? Like, what's what's going on with your team? Are you doing anything? Uh, we need to hear from you to make sure you're still all right out there. Um, but let's go into now week. It's week. Is that 12. like a general PSA? If anyone's seen Amac, did, did his <laughs> yeah. wife text you and wonder where he is? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them, man. Just tell him, tell him you're with them at the bar. If, 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 if your buddy's wife ever asks you where your buddy is, just say, oh, yeah, we're at the bar right now. No problem. <laughs> uh, you know, like like the podcast or something, if you're all right. Uh, we need to hear from you. Uh, but let's get into week 12 now. Uh, like I said, two games tomorrow, so getting ready to start the week here. But we have the waiver wires run. Uh, what is it? Today's Wednesday, so it ran this morning. Like you said, I was up at 4 a.m. just making some some quality quarterback pickups. Uh, but let's dive into our pickups of the week. Connor, I'll start with you. Who, who'd you like on the waiver wire this week? Um, you know, it was pretty tough to see all these fucking James White pickups, considering I've been rostering him for since the <laughs> beginning of the season. I played him one week. He had like point points, like point five points or something. It was so stupid. Yeah, point eight points the one week I played him, which is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it's a guy who it's like he's all, you know, everyone has that guy on your bench where you're like, okay, this is like you draft him because you're like, okay, he's like a really good backup. You know, you're like Cole Beasley would fall under that category, I think. Like you, you draft him not because he's going to score you 15 points a game, but because he's always going to score like eight and then you can plug and play him on bye weeks. So James White, I drafted him as like a, you know, a, a RB, like a low end RB2. I mean, not really, probably like an RB3. You know, yeah, he catches a lot of balls. And I was like, oh, with Cam Newton, you know, he used to throw those short balls to my boy McCaffrey. So maybe he'll do the same thing to James White. But James White's just been such a – I mean, he's just not having a good year. You know, I think he had a rough start with his family. Uh, I think his, he had some fam- – uh, someone passed away, I forget. Family, yeah. 
yeah. And, you know, since then hasn't really been able to turn it on. And, you know, everyone knows that I'm looking for a quarterback and I had to drop someone. And uh, so I, I got to be honest, though, the defenses on the waiver wire were pretty minimal. And it's like, well, I'll just drop James White. I'm not going to play his broke ass anyways. And there you go. Now, all of a sudden, he's $41 uh, from Ben. I think that was, you know, honestly, I know the question was, what was my favorite pickup of the week? And I just don't think any of them were good. I think that the worst one, though, uh, was probably the Bears D by Curtis for 10 bucks. I know it doesn't really matter. I know that Jerry also put in a bid. But I used to own the Bears D, and I dropped them for a reason. They have a pretty difficult schedule. They're playing teams that aren't good but are pretty good offensively. I think the only reason why I would roster them is because of their um, week. We have a, do we have a uh, we have week 16 fi- uh, matchup, I guess. Wait, that'd be the toilet bowl or the finals. They're playing the Jaguars. So if Curtis is preparing for the toilet bowl, I'll, I'll give my uh, best pickup of the week to him, picking up the Bears. Yeah, because the Bears are playing the Packers this week, so obviously not an advantageous matchup there. And then Detroit, and then Houston, and then Minnesota. I mean, those offenses, I know those, you know, Detroit yeah, and Houston aren't great, but they have good offenses. So, um, But yeah, curious to see what they're obviously, you know, some people have to prepare for the Toilet Bowl because they have a chance of being in it. Uh, I mean, Curse's team has been pretty hot lately, so maybe he won't be in the Toilet Bowl. But you never thought last year he would be in it either, so maybe he's just taking that extra insurance out. Uh, but gotta say, pretty pathetic when you have to prepare for the toilet bowl. I uh, can't speak from experience there. Uh, Jordan, who do you like as your pickup of the week? Yeah, I agree with Connor. Not much out there this week, but I went with uh, with James White by Ben for forty-one bucks. I think he had. I think Ben had the the most fab left out of anybody. So um, you know he had to spend it somehow. So I think this is a, a decent way to do it. Spend a good chunk of it, especially because he had uh, Burkhead too. So this way he kind of just gets to keep that Patriots receiving back production in his flex spot. So I think it was a good pickup. Yeah, I wrote down Burke as well. Um, That was a good pickup for Ben. Um, You know, going into the week, Ben only had two healthy running backs on his roster because he had Burkehead, who tore whatever he did to his knee, he's out for the season. J.K. Dobbins has COVID, so he's out as of right now. So his only two healthy running backs were Zeke and Jamal Williams. So... I was going to be surprised if Ben didn't pick up James White. Uh, it would have been shocking. Honestly, at this point, given that he had the most fab, he should have been making a solid bid on James White. And he did, so that was a nice pickup. Um, I also didn't mind Russell Gage for $17 from Ben either, um, given that Julio could be out on Sunday. Um, Gage would obviously be a guy who benefits from that. Um, so... I thought, you know, as a, as a second flex or something like that, not a bad play there. So a couple of nice uh, pickups from Ben there for wave wires. But, yeah, like you said, not a lot of action going on. It's like mostly defenses this week. Connor, I did like, actually, I put in on bid for Derek Carr at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, obviously, you mentioned the Falcons earlier. Nice math. Like, well, probably the, I think they're the second worst fantasy defense as far as uh, points allowed to QBs, except for the Seahawks. Seahawks number one. I think the Falcons are second. So I actually did put in a bid for Derek Carr this week. I was hoping I would get him. Uh, in hindsight, I should have just made. I have one dollar left in Fab. I should have just made my one dollar bid there. It took it from me again. Uh, yeah. But I thought that was. I thought that was a good pickup. Thank you. Uh, just a quick stat correction. So actually, the Falcons are the worst fantasy team oh, for okay. quarterbacks. So yeah. And here, here at the Questionable for Sunday podcast, we're all about them stats. All about them stats. Uh, but let's here now. Let's dive into our week twelve picks. So we're gonna quickly go over the matchups here and make our predictions. Uh, Jordan, as the guest, I'll start with you. Who do you like? 
Um, so I'm taking myself. I'm taking Ben. I'm taking Tristan, Jerry, Chris, and I'm taking Connor over Hobie. Come on, Let's Connor. Go, I, I, I I really need you to win this one to keep my playoffs playoff hopes alive. So, Let's go, let's Jordan. Go. Trade trade me your best player, and I'll trade him back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I need to win too. So. Oh damn! Well, that stinks. <laughs> All right, Connor, give us your picks. All right. Well, I'm, now I'm just honestly, dude. I was like, I've been beat up so much the past couple weeks. I was just staring off into my window, just waiting for Jordan to say he's picking Hovey. The fact that he's picking me, man. God, I need some. I need some that magic, that Hazari magic on my side. You know, Ben has been. He's been keeping my team down for too long. <laughs> He's clearly, you know, sacrificed a couple of goats or something in a big cauldron in a, in a lair somewhere and, you know, said put a hex on my team. So it's nice to get some of that uh, Hazari heat on my side. Uh, I'm actually going to take all three of us podcast members, uh, Connor, Eric, Jordan. We're all getting dubs this week. And I'm taking uh, Tristan, Jerry, and Joe. All right. Uh, I'm actually going against myself here. I hope you're right, Connor. I hope I do get the win, but I'm going with Ben. I'm taking uh, Spencer over Jordan. Uh, I'm going with Jerry, obviously, over Curtis. Uh, even though the projections have both of them over 130. Um, but projections can be wrong. But, yeah. Just keep a note of my last five games. <laughs> my team has scored 22% points below my projection. So just keep that in mind. You know, the projections is just done by one guy at ESPN. I don't know if you do that, if you knew that. So there's like okay, that, eight no different No way rankers. it's one guy. It's got to be like he, no, an algorithm. That's there's it. like it's eight not just one guy with a, with a dartboard. He's like, all right, let's see how many points James White is going to be projected. And uh, there's one guy who does the projections. It's Mike Clay is his name. Um Mostly probably don't care, but just putting it out there. He's the guy who does the projections. So if you're ever really pissed off about your projection, then you could just tweet at him, I guess. But I'm going with Jerry over Curtis. I'm going with Hovey over Connor and Joe over Chris. And I'm going with an upset, AMAC over Tristan. That's my upset of the week. Uh, Hope it comes true, I got to say. But we've gotten to the point in the podcast where... Actually, I have one. Before we get this, I have one more thing I want to get off my chest here. Okay, yeah, we're here uh, for you. Here we go. As Wait, all right, everyone, take a seat. Uh, block out <laughs> the next twelve minutes of your life. This is going to be a long one. I can feel it. As is usual, I, you know, every week I'm making trade offers. Uh, last week was in negotiations with Hovey. Uh, I've been in negotiations with Hovey in the past, and a uh, a common theme I've seen sometimes, not all the time, is that. Sometimes after an offer is made to him, he uh, pays a consulting fee and goes to either Joe or Spencer usually and asks them what they would think what they think of the trade to solicit their feedback. And so when I was negotiating with Hovey last week, uh, he gave me some shit for something. So I gave him shit saying like, oh, every time I make you a trade offer, I have to wait for you to text Spencer and Joe before they give you the okay of whether or not you can do the trade. Uh, kind of half joking because I wasn't sure that he did it every time. I just knew it had to happen sometimes. Uh, but I had made to uh, an offer to Hovey last week. He had declined, and then, like a few days later, I was talking to Spencer about it, and he goes, "Oh yeah, he texted me about that trade," and I told him this feedback or whatever. Uh, and so I just want to say, uh, Hovey, you like to uh, announce yourself as a one-time league champion, uh, but you can't even decide whether or not you have to go to someone else's side if uh, you want to make a trade. Uh, I feel like that's pretty pathetic that as a as a one-time champion of the league, like you like to announce that you can't even negotiate your own trade deals and figure out whether a trade is good for your own team. 
you can't figure out how much to bid for people on the waivers, and you can't even figure out how to negotiate your own trade. So I'm calling out Hopi to end the pod here um, t- uh, for his negotiation tactics. Um, I, I got to say one thing now. Uh, as, as Jordan and I are the only members of this podcast that have won the league, um, we know what it's like to, to, to actually stand at the top of the podium and look down at all the peasants. Um, I almost think that you're taking the wrong take on this, Eric. I think you're, you got to look at the, the correlation. Everyone knows that uh, correlation is causation. I believe that's how it goes. And if Hovey is going to other people asking for their trade advice and he has a victory – and you don't go to other people and ask for their advice, and you don't have a victory, maybe you should. You know, Connor, you maybe mentioned earlier in the podcast. Eric Erickson puzzle. When, uh, when you're doing your doppelgangers, I have the strongest seed, and that's why I negotiate my own trades, because <laughs> uh, I'm an alpha male. Uh, going to other people and asking their opinion on trade offers in face football is a total beta move, and I'm an alpha. <laughs> And, you know, Hobie likes to protrude himself as an offense. You know, anytime you get an argument with him about fantasy, uh, like I said, he had that one time where he had postseason success. So he always, anytime I'm in an argument with him, it always just ends with, oh, well, I've won the league and you haven't. It's his his trump card. But, uh, you know, this is a real beta move. It's actually right accurate, though, right? It is accurate, but uh, it's a beta move. I don't think you can argue it. Uh, I feel like you should be able to, you know, we're all men here. We should be able to negotiate our own trades. Uh, but hey, you know, I guess that's not the case for everyone. And, uh, you know, actually, you know, given some of the trades that I've seen accepted in this league, um, <clears throat> Connor, uh, maybe some people should be going to others for advice on their trades. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Uh, speaking for myself, I don't have to because I'm a man and I have a strong seat. Uh, but that's just what I wanted to get off my chest. Strong guest. <laughs> Just wanted to get it off my chest there. But we've gotten to the point in the podcast now. That was probably the least favorite point in the podcast for everyone listening. But we've gotten to the point where now it's everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Can we talk about what happened last week with this part? Because I felt like last week was awesome. We didn't Uh, really like... Jerry's Berries. Jerry's Berries last week was another banger uh, coming out. Yeah, that was a good one. Honestly, I felt like I was back being a kid and playing NFL uh, 2K5. Which had uh, T.O. on the front. Yep, yep, yep. Great that game. game was so good, man. And it was like you had uh, what, what? What's that? Oh yeah, dude, Chris Berman was the announced was like doing. He'd do highlight tapes for 2K5 at the end of the week, so you could like watch the whole season. Oh, sorry, the whole everyone in the league would have like a highlight tape, and then your game would pop up, and you're like cheering your guys, obviously. So that's kind of what it reminded me of. He did. A, Jerry did a great job last week. That's all I want to yeah. say. And he's killing it in general. Jordan, do you have a favorite Jerry's Berry so far? Oh, that's a really tough one. They've all been so good. I like the Masters one, personally. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I like the Price, the price is Right one was another oh, good one. That was, yeah. that was Last week, you know. I Mario like Kart one was good, Mario too. Kart, I like that one. I feel yeah. like our end-of-the-season awards, we're going to have to have a, you know, what was the best Jerry's Berries? And there's definitely a, a lot in contention. March there, Madness was a great March one, Madness too. That's well. true. Oh, yeah, Gus Johnson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like, you know, you can pick any week, and I don't think anyone would argue against you as it being one of the best ones, but I feel like each week they're getting better, so let's see what, what Jerry's got. Actually, before that, let's recap last week's berries. So it was another good week for Jerry. Uh, he had his bad berry as Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders finished with six, 7.6 points and was RB34, so that's a W for Jerry there. Aaron Jones is his fruit. 
Jones scored 15.1, finished as RB9. I'm giving that a W. But he did pick Spencer over Curtis. Um, that didn't work out there. But two for three on the berries last week. So a good week for Jerry. So now, let's see what Jerry has for his berries this week. Hello and welcome to everyone's favorite podcast within the podcast, Jerry's Berries. I am your host and picker of the berries, Jerry. We're here today to see if these players are or are not fruits of the week for week 12. Let's get to it. We have two players today with matching projections for week 12. James Conner and Kareem Hunt are both projected 12.7 points. All right, we have the results for fruit of the week. First up is James Conner. Your results are in. Are you or are you not the fruit of the week? You are not. Oh, James Conner is not the fruit of the week. He is a bad berry for week 12. All right, now Kareem Hunt, your results are in. You are the father. Kareem Hunt, you're the fruit of the week for week 12. Now we move to the part of the show that we take a look at a week 12 matchup in the EEIG. And oddly enough, our two dads are matching up this week, or one father and one expecting father, in this heavyweight dad battle between Fool's Gold versus Madison and McKinnon Corp. Ben is projected 123.5 and Eric with 123.3. What a matchup! Okay, Ben, we have the results. Are you or are you not the fruit father for week 12? Now, a little help from Mari and our guy Walter. Alright, let's find out. Let's find out what Walter has to say. Watch. I've been an active father since the day Elijah and Landon were born. This is crazy. We look exactly alike. We have the same nose, eyes, and hands. When it comes to four-year-old Landon. You are not the father. Walter, you are the father. Selena, you, you've been on this show nine times. It's the first time you've heard you are the father and you don't like it? And he's not! Congrats, Ben. You are the fruit of the week for week 12. Thanks for listening, and here's a quick message for next time on Jerry's Berries before we go back to your host. Have you been told that you're the father but fear you're actually raising another man's child? Please call us right now at one 888 to speak with someone from our show about taking a DNA test. That was, that was amazing. Man, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Imagine going on the Mari Povich show nine times. Yeah, how does that happen? <laughs> Trying to find your baby's daddy. Woo! So to recap there, uh, James Conner, not the father. He's the bad berry. Cream Hunt is the fruit of the week. He is the father in and, and the, and the dad matchup. Didn't you didn't realize that earlier, the dad matchup this week? Uh, ben is the father uh, over me, which I agree with, but I'm hope Jerry's wrong this week. Um, damn. I feel like last week's was, like, top of the line. This this week probably outdid it. I don't know about you guys. 
<laughs> I kind of agree. That was awesome. I like the the background noise where you heard Boris Povich say, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> thank you." Like every ten seconds it was great. But uh, yeah, I just want to give a yeah quick shout out to uh, whatever that lady's name was, Talina, to Tina. Um, hope you find that. I'm glad. I'm glad you found your baby's daddy. Um, Walter seems like a great guy, and uh, you know, if it, he knew it right away, I mean, I think I every father, you know this, Eric, dude. If you, when you see your baby's hands, you're like, those are my hands. This is my baby. Yeah, I mean, my baby looks just like Jaren, so you can't really tell. But <laughs> uh, she does have pretty chubby cheeks, which I do have. So, uh, shouts out, Kaelda. Uh, but yeah, uh, as always, we like to end the podcast with our diss track. Um, so another highly anticipated one this week. Let's see what uh, LBS, right? Yeah, that's what he's going by now. LBS. LBS. Let's see what LBS is spitting on the mic this week. That Canadian wonder with the flow product of Amanda and George I don't fucking know who he is but here goes nothing is this Robert Swift? hell nah he never went as that number 12 pick took his talents to the Bulldog League got put on a poster and got weak in the knees Let's go back to 8th grade though when he wanted to get some run in Stepped on the court with a number of some youngins Instead of Robert Swift, Spencer thought he was Gary Payton And got swatted dummy hard by the 7th grader AJ Drayton Since then he's been a bit of a sore loser Lost the ship to Hove and went back to his computer Fired up League of Legends to escape the pain But it was two weeks later till he said hi to Hove again He's a nice smart ginger but he kinda makes me wonder Is he the Red Rocket? Or the one yanking on a stranger's dog down under? Red Rocket, Red Rocket, lick my face all over, lick your muddy little asshole, I'll lay on the floor, then you can lick me like a popsicle, fucking love dogs, I think he's got something for pickles also, cause I heard he was all up on Dill's Facebook the first time he met her, speaking of ladies, shout out Abby Larson, shout out Spencer, I don't fucking know you. You're up at the bottom of the barrel right now. But I'm praying for you. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I've never seen you laugh so hard during a, a diss track yet. This is great. Oh, uh, absolutely going in on someone he doesn't even know. That was, wow. You know, like, every week's he asks for stuff like he sends out group texts to us and you know uh you know usually where there's at least one of the group texts he gets some pretty good information from uh but i'm always curious i'm always like hey how is he gonna put this together and like i mean you could say it's for all of them but like this one like his rhymes and the you know bars he had for each of the tidbits he got were just on point like i I don't think I could ever could have thought anything came up with anything as good as that. Especially, obviously, he he's never met Spencer, so uh, damn, Tristan, keep, you only got one left now. It's yeah, kind of crazy yeah. to say that we've gotten to this point now that there's this one diss track left. Uh, Jerry, prepare yourself. Obviously, um, 
I, like he's he's on a roll at this point, so I I can't imagine that the final one of the season isn't this going to be like he's not going to just end it with a huge bang. <laughs> well, okay, dude, that whole that whole pickle line was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good dude. I don't know the story behind that, but I feel like now that I do, now I know the story. I, that's how I heard about it was through the this track. <laughs> Eric, can you enlighten us at all, or, or you don't want to go into it? Uh, I think you might have to ask Hovi for for the details, but uh, okay. maybe maybe you can share. Um, okay, cool. The other stuff, yeah. I mean, he, he I mean, the Spencer doppelganger is definitely Robert Swift, so I feel like that was a good one. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure Spencer is going to appreciate this. So uh, another another classic chat from Tristan, just gotta say, and then another yeah. another great way to to end today's podcast. Um, Definitely, Jordan as the uh, first recurring guest this season. It was great having you on again. Good to have you on, Jordan. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks to for get having you me. like a t-shirt or like a a wristband or something. Question, I think officially, since you're the first recurring guest of the season, you're the first official uh, friend of the show of 2020. Congratulations. Hey, I'll take it. Um, Connor, any last words for for those still uh, listening here? You know, honestly, I got to give a quick shout out to Abby Larson. <laughs> shout out to Abby. Uh, yeah, another great episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Before we sign off real quick, I just want to wish you guys and all the listeners a happy oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy, Jordan, quality. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> Eric, I wasn't on the show sheet. It you didn't want us to sheet. wish everyone happy Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, wait. Are we even going to talk? Yeah. Are you? What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? You guys have actual plans? Or, I mean, it kind of stinks this year, to yeah. be honest. Uh, you know, just hanging out low-key for us. But, uh, yeah, kind of a bummer here with everything going on uh, as far as COVID. But, uh yeah it's a tough one mm-hmm. yeah uh hopefully everyone enjoys enjoys their time off hopefully everyone has work off as well so it can kind of just kick back relax watch some sports this weekend and uh you know two weeks left in the regular season so a lot on the line here in these fantasy games so a lot we'll have a lot to talk about next week and uh looking forward to to uh catch up with you guys again we'll see you later